0: start man what what's up what's going on guys
1: are you talking to the listeners
0: yeah yeah, they're they're answering right now they're saying oh i went for a run or like oh man that boss of mine he sure is a character what kind of character no i'm not saying that i'm saying our listeners no
1: i know but what you what is the listener
0: Uh, maybe he's a little eccentric maybe he collects some Dilbert paraphernalia or maybe so he's really into ties. Libertarian. Yeah, maybe. maybe do just know,
1: do you know the Dilbert guy?
0: Yeah, isn't he a not great guy? <laughs> well,
1: not if you're a proud
0: boy, but...
1: You brought up Dilbert. The only people I'm aware and, of who I care at all about what the Dilbert guy has to say are... Right?
0: I am virtually the ghost that runs this machine. I can remove you from this podcast so easily. <laughs> I can just backlog everything. Can
1: you? That'd be a great story arc.
0: <laughs> I just unwrite all of the old episodes. <laughs> just me talking, <laughs> no responses. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I know you just quit your job and uh, I just went back to mine.
1: Yeah. I someone's <laughs> got to pay the bills around
0: here. And the bread for this domestic family we have. <laughs> Um I worked 25 hours in the last 3 days. Wow. So I'm a little little I'm not going to be my normal spry self. You might have to carry some of the weight this time. We'll we'll see how it goes. Then. Okay. Yeah. Man, so uh things are happening. Laura Dern's pretty quiet. She hasn't really posted since we recorded last.
1: Which I think, you know, it's did she put up a black square?
0: I think I don't know if she did. If she would have, it would have been like, I think that was like a week and a half or two weeks ago. Oh yeah, That was like a popular thing. Oh, We're yeah. not doing
1: that anymore. Not I kidding. thought about that. Did she do the black square?
0: Yeah, June 2nd she did. Oh,
1: I was thinking about that. If the goal is to just stay silent on an issue and let other voices um, get attention drawn to them, one way you can do that is just by not post.
0: Exactly. The last it was
1: like this perf- it was the most performative thing like look at me not weighing in it's like, oh great this is useful thank you for interrupting all the wonderful dialogue and resource sharing that has been taking place to shine a black light on yourself
0: Speaking of I don't know Rose I'm going to say
1: it, they're bad allies
0: Yeah they are I'm just going to take a sip of my CBD water quick. And, Ooh, uh,
1: I believe, I hold this near and dear to my heart, that CBD is snake oil?
0: Oof, I'm sorry, I'm all geeked out on CBD right <laughs> now. I can't <laughs> understand a word you're saying. I'm straight boofing it over here.
1: Do you enjoy it? Like, what do you what do you get out of it?
0: I mean, I got like a box and it came with some packets, which you dissolve in water. Which, from what, I've, from what I understand from the pitch I heard, which was on a podcast, is that when you dissolve it in water, it absorbs more so than oil because, like, oil and water don't mix. So, like, when you take the oil, you just lose a lot of it in the process of it being, um, di- uh, what's the word, metabolized? I don't know. It seems to be a little bit of a help with, like, stress and stuff.
1: Okay. Not like,
0: like, I don't take it instantly and feel, like, super noodly, but, you know, I notice it, I think. I th- yeah, I just, that's oil. who knows
1: when I see it like at the gas station yeah, ne- no, next to the boner pills
0: the I get it from a nice website <laughs> I get it from the internet like a good <laughs> it, it's neat though if it is, does end up being snake oil I'll be able to say like oh I did one of those snake oil things like your grandma says like oh yeah I took mercury pills to get rid of my headaches
1: yeah but at least you get cool stories out of that one CBD, I mean, everyone's is, like, I don't know. I feel like, I guess it feels good. Like, could you describe it? And they're like, just good.
0: I mean, you know. It's like if, tri- it's are you trying
1: not- to justify paying lots of money for snake oil? That, that's how I feel about it. But maybe I got, I'm
0: wrong. I got, a, I got a little podcast thing. So they let me have it for less money. And this doesn't seem to have negative side effects. Like, you know, it's not. Incredibly addictive, like opium, or it won't like turn my feet black, like something like black paint. No, I was thinking like frostbite, like <laughs> <imagine> <laughs> a snake oil, or like the side effect is you just get frostbite.
1: <laughs> CBD, it's better than frostbite.
0: It is. And speaking of podcast redemption codes, it's time for our redemption, Max. What's this show called? <laughs>
1: Dern after reading
0: Goddamn right, and what do we do on this show?
1: we we are so we collectively, in our heritage, are female descendants of people who were in the country prior to the American Revolution, white people, I should say. Um, oh, that's the other DAR shit. I got I, my I, I, you thought daughters you, of the American Revolution,
0: proud boy stuff, and I was confused. <laughs> I, If I were,
1: in fact, a daughter, I would be eligible to be in the Daughters of the American Revolution, and I wouldn't because they're gross and racist, which is why my mom isn't either. Way to go, Lib. I love you. Um, but we're a different DAR, so don't make the mistake I did. We, Nick and I, Max, are on a quest to watch every single piece of Laura Dern Media Ever created from the very beginning in perpetuity and beyond. As long as Laurie Darren lives, we will continue our quest.
0: At least another four months at this rate. Yes, she's
1: she <laughs> her health is deteriorating rapidly. Yes,
0: so perhaps we really don't know. Ah, oh, dear E, me. Um I just thought of something we should talk about later but we don't have to talk about it now so I'll write that down. Uh,
1: this is this is how without, we operate.
0: firing you. Anyway. <laughs> so uh anything you want to talk about? Anything else you want to talk about before we uh, get this puppy going?
1: Uh no, I'll just talk about what I want to talk about as we do it. Let's like do usual. A
0: review, which is <laughs> just have a bunch of weird stories in the middle. <laughs> well, um uh let's see i had a big dern this week i had a big dern big old dern what was it it was um it was a movie called actually it's a funny story it's a movie called year of the dog it came out in 2007 when i was a child and uh i really goofed and i i made a mistake and instead of researching this movie i just researched the 11th Cycle in the twelve-year cycle of the Chinese zodiac calendar, which is the year of the dog. So I'm just going to talk about a bunch of old, old Chinese religious dogma stuff. That's my first dog pun. I have several. Um, I'm joking. I I did watch the movie. It was pretty good. I took ex- the most extensive notes I've taken in probably three episodes. Really? So this is going to be a de loop. I just watched like just watched it today, so like I'm I'm up on it. All right. Okay, so uh, the year's 2007. Obama's gonna be president soon.
1: Yes. Was that, in fact, the year of the dog in the Chinese Zodiac? Oh, 2007. I don't know.
0: I can find out. You well.
1: keep talking. I'll let you know.
0: Okay, that's fine. We don't have to Google Live anymore. Okay, so the director of this movie is a Mr. Mike White. You may notice know him as Dewey Finn from School of Rock, or the guy from that thing that you like which I didn't research but if you want to talk about it you can.
1: We'll we'll talk about Enlightened because it's the best thing Laurie Darren has ever done and we haven't yet watched it but it was created by and co-stars or he's a supporting role Mike White and I love
0: him. Also, didn't know Mike White was both a contestant on Survivor and The Amazing Race. Oh. Yeah, and he's openly bisexual. His dad was actually a ghostwriter for a bunch of like right or like right wing organizations, also Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell, and then he came out as gay in nineteen ninety-four, so that's fun.
1: Let's let's just I'm ready for the spinoff. <laughs> Mike White after reading
0: honestly this is so
1: interesting
0: you know we can totally just talk about it now um i was gonna bring up the fact that eventually we're like halfway through her filmography we're gonna run out eventually and we're gonna have to find something else to do while we wait for new dern stuff so we can keep the name of the show but we're gonna have to find some new material
1: yeah apologies in advance um write your complaints to laura dern
0: nicholas calabrese (laughs) care (laughs) of something or another so yeah mike white great guy cool man he made a movie he's a filmmaker that's what his wikipedia says
1: 2006 was the year of the dog
0: oh okay well i guess he made it during the year of the dog sure sport.
1: yeah it tracks
0: Alrighty. righty so this movie we got molly shannon great lady and let me just say that they definitely like um they dulled her down for this movie like they definitely in makeup they definitely made her look more of like a 40 something single woman than she actually looks and i only say this because later they dull her down even more but we'll get there
1: um what does a 40 something single woman look like
0: i mean like more specifically a 40 something single woman whose very life is a dog named pencil it's a beagle and she has, like, a very menial office job.
1: So she's, like, All a boring, lonely woman.
0: Yeah, she has, like, literally one friend, and her brother and sister-in-law are very new-agey people, and they kind of, like, just butt heads with her on everything. Like, not directly, but they definitely, like, say, like, she would give the kids a stuffed animal, and they... the Okay, you're getting me ahead of things. Okay. Okay, Molly Shannon has a beagle. It's name is Pencil. Clearly, it's her life, and... It's it's clear off the bat that maybe she's a little obsessed with the Beagle, but, like, we don't know how much yet. And we're like, okay, that can be fine and cute. Um, she works in an office that's, like, it's both very sterile and also modern. Like, it's not, like, the classic, like, movie office that's just bleak and depressing, but, like, it isn't not that. Like, there's some splashes of color, and, like, there's some paintings on the wall and, like, a nice, like, break room. It's just, It's very... I think it's unsettling because it seems more positive than it actually is. Sure. Makes sense. I mean, you've worked in offices. I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. Absolutely. You and the listener. Notice I didn't puncture, put an S on that. Anyway. (laughs) You know who you are. I drove a car today. I am sleepy. (sighs) Okay. Works in an office. There's like, there's a guy there that's her like head and they just like they just talk about boring office stuff like he wants to be on a sales team and he's not and like he isn't getting a promotion and she just listens and then um we meet her friend who is played by Regina King and like she's like making out with her boyfriend in front of her and it's just like for a long time like longer than is okay in any situation and like you're starting to get the feeling that maybe Molly Shannon wants love or she feels like she should have like more more um stay like traditional relationships like a boyfriend or like more friends or like go out and party and so on um oh and then right after this we see the boyfriend that was making out with Regina King kissing on this girl at Victoria's secrets in the mall by the way the mall is a setting that becomes that will reappear multiple times love it um and then we meet Laura Dern Laura Dern plays um, Molly Shannon's sister-in-law. And she is like, she is the most new agey we've seen Laura Dern, I'd say. She is just incredible. Strong words. I know. She is like mom with a capital M. This is the thing I was talking about. Like she gives her a stuffed animal and the mom grabs it and she's like reading the label and she's like, oh, it's got artificial fibers. You know how those do the allergies. And then she's just like, all she talks about is her kids the entire time she's on screen. Even when like <laughs> Molly Shannon is going through like emotional turmoil, she's just like, like, oh, there's a lice outbreak and they won't do anything about it. There's no leadership at that school. And it's just like, I I want to have more words to describe her, but she's just such like a mom, like a California mom.
1: It sounds like the perfect blend of her character and Enlightened which sounds like it has an awful lot of overlap with this, and her character in Big Little Lies, where she's just California power mom.
0: Oh, and she all, at the first time we meet her, she's accusing their babysitter of doping their, like, newborn child with Benadryl. <laughs> yep, like, sounds right. She's, like, and she's saying, like, I, did, I don't know, maybe in the country she comes from, that's okay, but... <laughs> here um i don't know we should just do something like put her in jail and it's <laughs> so intense like i feel like it's a caricature of what people think laura dern is like in real life and clearly she's not she's like a cool lady but like she's just like a blonde california mom actor lady so people that's just what i was thinking i guess she's like a caricature of mom and yes
1: yeah. no I've, she often is i feel like if you're gonna typecast laura dern as anything make it california mom and either some that or a
0: dinosaur expert <laughs> that's all she has going for her her dinosaur good looks are her crazy mom energy
1: sometimes she's a dog nun but we'll get there
0: oh i can't wait for that okay so basically all of these people we've met seem like deeply unhappy but they don't show it like they're just like they're they're spiritually unhappy but like you know they're living lives and it's just like they accept it and it's whatever and she seems happy with her dog and that seems okay for now but it gets a lot worse i promise um and like every night she's like hugging her dog and like looking at the pictures on her wall and you think like oh does she want something more like does she want these relationships does she want kids and it gets complicated let me just keep going um the dog leaves. Oh no. She lets the, she lets pencil out. By the way, his name is pencil. I I love
1: that. Yeah. You mentioned it. And I adore that dog name
0: was thin as a pencil when she got him. She leaves him out and uh, he doesn't come back. And the next day she's like freaking out. She goes over to her neighbor's house, John C. Riley. And um, she's like, Oh, I hear him. Can I go into your backyard? and she does, and Pencil is sick, and 13 minutes into the movie, Pencil is dead. Yeah, Yeah. and that's it, that's the whole movie.
1: No, it's a a short
0: film. Yeah, no, it isn't, there's more. (laughs) Um, There's actually so many more dogs, and let me just pull this up. I watched this on Amazon Prime, and in Amazon, when you rent certain movies, they give you like a little x-ray thing where you can look at the cast and the trivia, and of the, more than thirty dogs that are in this film. Only one dog is credited, and that is Jimmy the dog. <laughs> Do and there, you know which dog is Jimmy? And I, I, it's just like one of the dogs because there's a lot of group dog shots. <laughs> But the picture they have is like a dog in like a Sears photo studio, like with his butt in the air and his head and paws are down. And it's just like the folded like cloth. Yeah. It's
1: like his headshot.
0: It's hilarious.
1: (laughs) So props to Jimmy the dog, any dogs or owners (laughs) of acting dogs who are listening, get your dog an agent. If you want to be serious about that. that 29 dogs. They didn't get shit for this.
0: That dog's estate got five cents from mine. Renting. this. (laughs) and good good for him more power to him okay so clearly she's just devastated she is a broken woman she is acting in a way that like i've i've seen mothers who have lost their children less devastated than this woman granted they might have not been great moms but still she talks to her friend and she just can't help and then she goes over to the Dern's house and Dern is literally just talking about her kids the entire time. She doesn't even acknowledge the fact that the dog died. And then when uh, Molly Shannon brings it up, she like ushers their their like maybe eight-year-old daughter away and she's like, oh, we haven't taught her about D-A-T-H yet. So could you not mention it around her? It's just, <laughs> every time she speaks, it just piles on to her character being a jerk mom. And like, at this point, I noticed that this film is just so suburban, like, so, 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 like, the only settings you see are, like, the super vanilla office, the mall, which just looks like every mall ever, and, like, Laura Dern's house, Molly Shannon's house, and then um, we meet another person in their house, and that's it, and it's just, like, very, like, white bread suburban, and, like, I think you can see, like, kind of, like, Mike White's upbringing a little bit in it, like, a very good representation of like California suburbia and like mall culture and just like, I, like I wonder if he had a dog obsession in his family or like if, if he had like an aunt or something and that's where this came from. Cause it seems very realistic and it gets really crazy by the end. But as I keep saying, we'll get there.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, uh, Where are we? Oh, John C. Riley comes by like two or three days later and he's like, hey, what happened to your dog? And she's like, it died. And then he's like, oh man, I had a dog die once. That's a real bummer. And then he asks her on a date, which goes very badly.
1: (laughs) Is he like his typical kind of like sweet, sort of dopey, nice guy?
0: Pretty much, yeah. You know, he's just a little bit aloof, but pretty, you know, he just wants to help. He's just being cool. He's like the neighbor. It's not even clear if it's supposed to be a date really. I mean, it kind of is near the end. Um, it's really awkward. She just spends the whole, literally, the whole time talking about pencil, and then he's like, "I, I hunt." That's the thing. I... <laughs> and he says, like, he says, like, "Oh no, I, guns are dangerous. That's why I don't keep them in the house. Just knives." <laughs> and then they get back to his house, and he's like, "You want to go on the tour?" And he walks her around. And at one point, he says, "And here, here's my knives." And it's just this big glass display cabinet with knives and he's just like so into hunting like his house is just such a single older dude's house like it's just hunting stuff and he has like a garage that's messy (laughs) and then like she's in the garage just digging around and he's like watching because she's convinced that he has something in his garage that poisoned her dog because the dog died in his backyard so she's just digging around and then like he like comes over to her and, like, touches her hips and, like, tries to, like, kiss her on the cheek and she's like, don't do that! And then she leaves. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know. That's it. That's pretty much it. Um, But where are we? Oh, okay. So, uh, she's super sad. The whole date was sad. Everything's sad. She's packing away a box of pencils, things, and that she's just sobbing into a dog sweater. and then this uh this guy named newt this man named newt who works at the aspca calls her and he like saw her in the office that day when she was super upset and he's like hey i see you really care about dogs i have this dog that you could adopt if you want this dog's name is valentine he's a german shepherd and he has behavioral issues which means he's a bad dog (laughs) he like bites you when you try to get near his food and such and like clearly, he's just a trained Hollywood dog that just like knows how to do stuff. But like you know, so that's of
1: probably him. Jimmy the dog.
0: For it, no, it wasn't. God, I wish though. Okay. And like Newt is like uh, how how do I how do I put this? He's a very queer man. Go both on. both in the sense of sexuality and personality. At one point, he says like he was raised in a cult where there were like no boundaries between like adults and children. And then at another, like they kiss at one point and then like later he's like, I can't have a relationship with a man or a woman. So like that. And then her at the end, she like does this thing where like, I think they're both kind of asexual, which is cool, which is like nice representation. And then I was like, is Mike white asexual maybe? And I don't think he is, but nevertheless, it's neat representation, especially with her. Less so with him because he's like a little bit creepy. Like he has, he says this thing where he had a dream about being raped by two mastiffs.
1: Newt's fucking the dogs.
0: No, I think they were fucking him.
1: No, I mean like in real life.
0: Oh, he might be. I mean, I but don't think not in life, his dream. I think he's an actor, but <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a role for him. But you you never know.
1: <laughs> is his name actually Newt?
0: No, it's like I think I wrote it down. It, if not. It doesn't matter. F- okay, so uh, uh, let's cut back to her friend. She gets engaged and um, then she says, how are you ever going to get a man if you keep shacking up with dogs? So maybe there is some dog fucking going sure. on. Hey, you know, it's 2019. And no, it's 2007. 2006. It's the year of the dog, 2006. <laughs> which then I guess repeated again in 2012.
1: No, it would have been Uh-oh. 2018. Oh, wow. 2018, Year of
0: the 2018, Dog. 2018,
1: I knew that. I was dating someone who loved dogs and I happened to go to Las Vegas and there was a big display for the Year of the Dog and I got her a sweet little dog trinket.
0: Oh, Tom McCarthy is his name. He, he, he's an actor, I guess. Nope,
1: Peter Sarsgaard is Newt. He
0: is? Yeah. Wait, who's that? Oh, the other guy was his brother. Okay, so Peter Sarsgaard, famous Swedish man. His father was in goodwill hunting. These are facts, I'm just saying. What was?
1: I I believe you. I just didn't know his, these things.
0: His dad was the other the the patriarch of the Sarsgard Guild. <laughs> his brother plays Pennywise. Just saying. Um. Oh, when they kiss on his bed, there's like, it's really slow and long. And you could just hear the dogs panting in the background. And it makes me, re- it made me really uncomfortable for some reason. Because like, it was clearly two people kissing that just like, don't understand physical love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which also kind of like, like, it, it was, it wasn't sad in the way like, oh, they don't understand it, but they want it. It was kind of sad in the way like, oh, they're being forced to do this because they think they should kind of. So and that also feeds towards my asexuality theory, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Mike White. I know he's listening. We have one listener in California this week, and it's Mike White.
1: If any reasonably famous person were to listen to this, I like to hope it's Mike White.
0: Me too. Um, so at this point, she's kind like kind of seeing Peter Sarsgaard. You said Peter, right? Peter. Peter. She's kind of seeing him, who is all... Who, he, where she, she's seeing Newt, but, like, it's not really romantic. It's more like they just hang out. And uh, John C. Riley keeps, like, you know, being friendly. He's dating another woman. He's just, like, checking in on her, like, hey, what's up? Who's your friend? etc. cetera. And, um... Oh. So, at the... Okay, this is where things start to take a turn, where she starts to be evil so this basically from this point on it turns into way more gone girl than i would have ever expected from the movie (laughs) um she starts she like she's out with to dinner with her um friend and his and her fiance and the friend leaves and then she basically drops the ball that like hey i know you were cheating on her like right as she comes back like crazy i wouldn't call it manipulation move but definitely like a ball drop what are you gonna do (laughs) and she's like you should get a dog so you can stay out of trouble you could come home and walk the dog instead of seeing other women at the mall and he's like also grossly eating ribs in front of her i forgot to mention she becomes vegan for newt okay like i think like to please him but then like she becomes really disgusted with like animal abuse she's like bringing um like uh what are those things he signed? petitions to work and her like lame boring boss guys like hey don't do that here you work at a medical company that profits off of animal testing which burns her beans something fierce (laughs) all right do you
1: suppose newt is a vegan like because of his name that he felt kind of that personal bond with animals being named one
0: you know that might be it i mean the culty upbringing and working for the aspca probably doesn't hurt either sure yeah you know i'm sure he's doing whatever he can. There was also one point where like she picked up a picture at his apartment of him with a man, and that was never explained. Okay. Maybe it was his brother. I don't know. That was kind of a, a loose end that Mike White really dropped the ball on.
1: His brother. Salamander. <laughs> uh-huh. Sal. <Yeah. laughs>
0: okay, so <laughs> at work she starts forging checks. <laughs> From her boss and she's writing all these donations to like different animal groups because she's super into animal rights now um at one point valentine her adopted german shepherd bites her and then john c Riley comes over because she locks the dog out and it's just barking for hours and he's like hey your dog's been barking for a long time could you my friend and i are trying to watch a dvd which is what he said out loud with his words and, <laughs> and i was like, this is such a 2007 movie. And she basically just chews him out and, is, and was like, maybe if you didn't poison my dog, none of this would have happened. And, like, she definitely starts to go off the deep end more and more, like, just flipping out on people and doing, like, not cool things. It gets worse. <laughs> it's This movie just keeps getting worse until the very end where it gets way better. Um, It's Christmas now. It's a beautiful outside Christmas at Laura Dern's lovely California house. They have like a Christmas tree outside on a nice, pretty, very sterile white deck. And she gives everybody um, these like, um, what are they? Like sponsorships of, of farm animals.
1: Oh, that's nice. So
0: like the, the her niece got like a chicken that was named after her and saved from slaughterhouses and like a cow and a pig and all that. And Laura Dern and her brother are just kind of laughing about it. Like it's a joke. And she's really hurt by that because like, she cares about this and this is like her passion. And they're just laughing like, haha, you named animals after us.
1: That's such a sweet gift. Fuck I you know. Laura Dern.
0: Like she, like the stuff she does gets pretty uncool, but like she's just so beaten down by everybody that like, I don't blame her for almost killing John C. Riley at the end. Yes. But there's a few more steps. Um, okay, so then Laura Dern and her brother are going off for New Year's Eve for a romantic night together, because that's what white people do, and...
1: You said her and her brother.
0: Um, Laura Dern and... uh, Oh, Molly Shannon's
1: Shannon's brother. Got it. That
0: was confusing. There's no incest in this movie that I know of. Although you never know with Newt and that culty upbringing. (laughs) Okay, so... And, as soon as they leave, she packs the kids up and they go to the farm to see the animals. And it's really nice. Literally nothing bad happens until afterwards she decides to also take them to a slaughterhouse to show them the other how the other half lives. <laughs> and i they don't go in, but like the kid, like the baby is crying the entire time, and like the eight year old is like, "I don't want to go in. I don't want to see chickens getting slaughtered." And then they come home and Molly Shannon gets a little drunk and she takes all of um, Laura Dern's furs and puts them in like the tub. She's just looking at them though. She doesn't do anything. And she wakes up her niece and she's like, Hey, it's time. Let's us two big girls go watch the ball drop. And they do. And then they're sitting and looking at the furs and the girl says, I think they're mean. And Molly Shannon says, I think they're mean too. And then they both fall asleep. She's drunk. And she wakes up and goes to the bathroom where the tub has been leaking all night. So all of the furs are just drenched with water, like thousands of dollars worth of Laura Dern's furs are destroyed, which is hilarious to me, but Laura Dern is not happy. I think she just throws them away, like gets rid of them. Yeah. And then like Laura Dern and her husband come back the next day and she just like books it, books it out of there. (laughs) And then like, her brother calls her and she he's like, our daughter won't even eat a ham sandwich and where are the furs? And she's like, it's not a big deal. And she just like sloughs it off. And this is pretty much where everything falls apart. Um, oh, this is where it starts to fall apart. She goes to pick up Valentine who she left with Newt. I didn't mention that because it didn't matter. And <laughs> Valentine killed Newt's dog.
1: Valentine, when- her dog killed Newt's dog.
0: Newt's dog Buttons who had like Buttons? Those, <laughs>
1: no! His,
0: he was like a little Scotty dog and he had one of those little like wheelie things on his back Oh! And Valentine
1: Valentine's
0: Valentine mauled him to death <laughs> and Newt is just sitting on the floor of his bedroom bawling because he had to deal with this and he sent Valentine to the pound to get put down because he mauled another dog and Molly Shannon was furious at him because she's pretty much losing grip of reality at this point and she gets to the pound and they put down Valentine because he mauled another dog. And that's how it goes. And she's super bummed. And then she sees they're about to put down another dog. And she says, no, I'll take that one. And then she says, I'll take all of them. And they're like, ma'am, that's 15 dogs. We can't let you adopt them. And then she's like, I work for the ASPCA. I'm going to put them in homes. And then she just, there's a hilarious shot of her driving 15 dogs home. She's just like, she's at a red light and there's this guy selling oranges and it's just her like little sedan full of dogs. Like there's a Dalmatian <laughs> and there's a bunch of golden retrievers. It's it's hilarious for how dark the movie turns after this. um Let's see. Okay, so she gets fired then. Um, she like drops the ball to her friend that like her boyfriend was cheating. Although that never really becomes anything because they still get married in the end, I think um she's she's just she's she's just living at her house with fifteen dogs um she looks absolutely haggard like her hair is parted in the center and she's wearing like oh she almost looks like she works at a nursing home but she doesn't which like her clothing she's very pale and unkempt there's a scene of her at the grocery store just piling every can of dog food she can in the cart she's living a sad life John C riley comes over and is like, Hey, um. You, your house smells like shit and there's been barking for five days. Are you gonna do something about this? And she just flips at him and then obviously he calls somebody and like they come and take the dogs because it's disgusting and they're in terrible conditions. Oh, man. And um, yeah, then she breaks into his house. Which is fun. Um, she goes in the garage and finds a bag of slug poison, which is chewed open and she's like, oh my God, this is how Pencil died. And then she like walks into the house carrying the bag of slug poison and it's just leaking a trail behind her. And, and the then, slug
1: poison—it's
0: like kill p- slugs. It's, I guess, and it's a huge bag. And he has not that big of a yard, so I don't know why he bought it in such bulk. But
1: I, thats how they get you with slug poison. Oh, yeah, right? you, you just you know, need a tablespoon, but you gotta buy the, the forty pounder.
0: Why buy the cow when you could get the slug poison for free? <laughs> So um she then hides in the closet, and John C. Riley and his girlfriend come home, and like they see the knife cabinet is broken, and then Molly Shannon whips out of the closet with a knife, trying to kill John C. Riley. <laughs> and clearly, um, it as you can imagine in real life, John C. Riley versus Molly Shannon, John C. Riley wins. He doesn't like hit her, he just like pins her down and says, like, you're crazy, what are you doing? And then um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Laura Dern and her and um, Molly Shannon's brother bail her out, and they're like, "Why did you do this?" And she said, "I, I wanted him to know what it's like to be hunted." Which well, I think, nice. It's nice, but I also think it's incredibly dark. Like this, <laughs> I thought this was gonna be a comedy, and now she's saying this crazy Gone Girl stuff. <laughs> God.
1: Do you think, I just, real quick, do you think maybe the slug poison, like it's just salt? I don't. Do you think you're paying like a hefty markup and they're just slapping slug poison on a bag of salt?
0: I don't think so because there was a warning on the bag that said like poisonous to people and animals.
1: They should just use salt.
0: I just, I mean, but salt like kills grass, doesn't it? Like salting the earth.
1: Oh, yeah, that is like salt of the earth, not to be confused That's, with salting the earth. Salt
0: of the earth is good. Salting the earth yes. is very bad. But yeah. Um, I'm fascinated by the I, slug poison. i gonna talk about this for the rest of the night. So, the, I mean, the movie's pretty much over now. She gets better. She goes back to the office for like one day and she realizes, I'm not happy here. I never was. And now I can finally see that. She writes an email, this long email that I... Could read to you, but I won't. And she basically says, um, everybody has different loves. Some people love a person. Some people love things. Some people love hobbies. I love animals. And I'm going to join a um, protest group and travel the country. And she does. And that's it.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. it Sounds like she found her place.
0: She did. And, you know, I think it was a nice, like, it was a nice allegory for, like, asexuality and also just, like, alternative lifestyles and I, you know, it had a lot of good deep meaning and it was funny and dramatic. It was a good movie. And, um, I guess what I learned from Dern is that, um, oh man, sometimes it's better to not be a mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some people shouldn't be moms, maybe. That's the takeaway. That's, that's the one. That's the ticket.
1: Well, I'm glad you liked this film because it gets me more excited for however we end up doing Enlightened because it does um, hit on pretty much all of the same themes in a way that sounds perhaps maybe a little better crafted. Like it feels like Mike White was working on all these themes and then he made a show where it really brought them all together in such a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it certainly deals with um sexuality and asexuality and also like do you need to do what everyone else is doing like what is it okay to be totally different even if that makes you weird and a nut and what can you do in the face of if you're deeply passionate about animals you look around there's so many things to get angry about And it's like what are you wrong for feeling that way and wanting to do something about that so those seem to be some central themes to his work.
0: Hell yeah, man. Yeah, it's so fucking good.
1: We, you know, should, ta- we should talk about how we're going to do that and do first, it right now.
0: First School of Rock and now this. Good for him. <laughs> I know I keep mentioning that. That's one of my favorite movies. Like as a kid, when I got an iPod video, that was the movie that was uploaded on it. So that is a movie I've seen.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Times. It's, it got, a, a it's got a Kusak. It's got a black, Jack Black. It's got a black person of color. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, seriously, Black Lives Matter. Um. Also, Jack happy Black
1: w- Lives Day. Matter.
0: Happy Stonewall Day. I think it was yesterday. Oh really? I didn't realize.
1: Happy Stonewall Day.
0: Stonewall Day. And it was started by Black trans women. So
1: yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Riots are cool.
0: They are. Everything you have is because of riots and protests.
1: All the good stuff, not the bad stuff. That's just because yeah, like of Lyme's capitalism.
0: Disease. Lyme's disease is not because of protesting, but like that's correct. That's voting and eight hour workdays, definitely because of protest. Did
1: you say boating? You said voting.
0: I said voting, but hey, <laughs> voting, maybe. Maybe all the lakes had nobody on them and all these people were with signs like let us vote, Let us let vote. Let us boat. You know, there's a really big confusing mix between the old timey photos of like women and people of color with signs to say let us vote. And then like other people with signs saying, let us vote. That's a very common it's mix.
1: true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Boat Riots.
0: So Maximilian, what's between your durns this week? Ooh. Rub it in there.
1: Let's see. Well, I've been watching abs- something I... Well, I'll start with the, list, the one that excites me less, even though it's also amazing. And that is, I'm just late to the game on a television show, and it's so damn good. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe I should have done this years ago.
0: Is it Married with Children?
1: It's Not Married with Children.
0: Oh, sorry, that was my guess. Do you okay, want to well, guess again? No, no, I'm okay.
1: Okay. Uh, it's The Leftovers.
0: The Leftovers. Which
1: is on HBO, and the showrunner is Damon Lind... something... Um, who did the new Watchmen show. And he wrote for Lost. And that makes sense because it's a lot like Lost. It's like Lost meets like Fargo, the TV show. It's like Lost if it were in a town instead of an island. Uh, And it's really damn good. They just like, they, they throw more questions at you than answers, but each one you do get answers as you go. And it's like all these weird interweaving stories. You've got oh, and the the conceit of this film is that or this television shows that one day um some people just disappeared and vanished. And so there it's like the rapture. It's a small percentage of people, but it changed everything because no one knew why this happened. And so there are all sorts of themes of morality and fate and cosmic intervention. Um, and there are a lot of hotties. You got Justin Thoreau's like hot dad cop. You got Connie Coon Connie Coon, Carrie Coon, who's like hot mom who lost her whole family you got to
0: the hot rapture. Ecclesteen. What's that? You got hot Christopher Ecclestein. Hot hot
1: Chris X, big fan.
0: He was a doctor.
1: Dr. Ecclestein.
0: I meant Doctor Who, but yeah, Doctor
1: Echol, Echol Who, and Mister Hyde. Oh, is he the the Reverend? He seems like he'd be a British man in real life.
0: British people are quite religious. Is he?
1: Actually. He looks British, which is to say, yeah. Oh. The Reverend
0: on the show The Leftovers is he played by Christopher Eccleston? I don't
1: know who Christopher Eccleston is.
0: He was the first doctor. Doctor, he was the villain in Twenty Eight Days Later, like the villain. Dork,
1: dork alert! Yeah, he is the Reverend.
0: At least I'm not you. I I was going to say unemployed, but that sounded mean.
1: (laughs) I'm not unemployed. I work for myself.
0: I work for the good Lord Almighty.
1: Hell yeah. Um, anyway, if you, like me, like didn't watch The Leftovers, but now it sounds like a show you would watch and your friend gave you their HBO Go login, then watch it. It's great. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm super into it. And But what's got me more excited is I've been watching... Carl Sagan lectures I watched a couple and oh my god just Nick have you ever watched any Carl Sagan lectures have you ever seen old episodes of Cosmos I've definitely I know seen- who this man is
0: yes I know who Carl Sagan is I have um, a copy of one of his more popular books that I've dabbled through um I've only ever seen some clips I've never watched a whole Carl Sagan John I
1: would, to you and any listeners, if you want something where he takes the the sort of scope of the universe and all humanity and purpose and society and is able to wrap them into these profound hour long speeches where he's, um, they're funny, they're clever (laughs) they're absolutely brilliant and they can leave you with a great deal of awe and wonder. I think especially for me at this particular moment in our society where shit's weird, I, it, it really moves me to watch something like that and it can feel very inspiring. And I think absolutely relevant to kind of everything that's going on since he, he ultimately is tackling He's not coming at these so much as an astronomer, but as a human who recognizes kind of the scope and meaning of all we do and all that is around us. And they're fucking wonderful. So if that sounds good, just go to YouTube and just put in like Carl Sagan speech, Carl Sagan lecture. Um, Oh, and the storytelling. He is just such a masterful storyteller and sort of how he structures the whole thing and it's very impressive
0: interesting yeah you do some carl Saganing this week do it i'd, uh, rather... Yeah, I'd rather dabble in him because i've heard that other fellow's not very cool oh
1: neil degrasse tyson if, yeah. if it's almost trite at this point to point out but fuck that guy
0: yeah, I've heard he's a dick, and also I've heard, like, weird sex stuff, so... Oh,
1: I don't know about the weird sex stuff. Maybe I should give oh, him another no, chance.
0: Sure. That may not be true. Or it might just... I might have just heard he was a dick and misconstrued it as the fact that he did something with his dick. I don't
1: okay. know. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't care for him. I find him pompous and...
0: In circumstance.
1: <laughs> pompous and circumstances. He... he he lacks everything that makes Carl Sagan magical, which is this, not just recognition and awe of the science behind the universe, but offers one thing, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's never offering anything fundamentally to change our society beyond some kind of nice little bow to put on a message at the end. Carl Sagan is deeply critical of our, Certain ways our society operates and is willing to challenge them and offer um, new ways of thinking specifically in in an almost revolutionary way, like he he is not constrained by the context of our economic system, our political system, our national system. the way that Neil deGrasse tyson is just that's not that's not on his radar at all, so it feels like he 's missing what the true value in learning about the cosmos. the cosmos. Fuck you, Neil deGrasse
0: <laughs> That is our official stance. Yep. <sighs> Anti-DeGrasse Tyson and pro... several other things.
1: <laughs> also pro-choice, I think? Yeah. It hasn't come up explicitly.
0: Okay, if you want Coke or Pepsi, that's up to you, man. Live your life. You want RC Cola? Go for it.
1: Love a good, <laughs> love a good can of Royal Crown.
0: I almost, I thought he almost said cuck, and I was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> love a good cuck.
0: Well, what can I say? Coke, Pepsi, or cuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nick. Um. Yeah. What you, what you got in there? I I boiled it down to just one this week.
1: It's because you're a working thing. man.
0: There's one large thing between my durns. Big old, big old thing. I think I might have a new favorite movie, Max.
1: <gasps> is it The Year of the Dog?
0: It is not, no. It was a good movie, but definitely not a favorite. I watched a movie that I have had on VHS for several years and just came on Disney Plus recently. And I finally took, I took the bullet. I took a bite out of the bullet and said, I'm going to watch it. And you know, I'm happy I did. You know what that movie was called?
1: <clears throat> no. <laughs>
0: it was called camp nowhere
1: oh camp nowhere yes
0: the 1994 fantastic i believe disney film
1: yes. yep that sounds right
0: um, i know it film very well it was literally so so good it has it has first of all every child actor from the mid 90s in it every single one cuz mm-hmm. it is about a camp of children It's about a bunch of kids that don't want to go to whatever camp their parents want them to go to. So they hire Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd, thank you. I couldn't, I watched Back to the Future 2 last night and I couldn't remember his name for some reason. So they hire Christopher Lloyd, who is a like defunct acting teacher who got fired because he wanted to do a musical version of Silence of the Lambs, which by the way was a real thing. It ran on Broadway for multiple years. Sounds great. Off Broadway, but still um yeah they hire him who is a defunct drama teacher to basically play a bunch of roles to convince all of their parents to let them to go-, go to this fictional camp which they call camp nowhere and they all just go and like goof off and it's just it's full of like the clothing and the music the song party at ground zero is featured in this film i don't i don't remember that song i forget it's a very it's a ska song i forget who it's by but it's very Scott, it's very good. And like, there's a, the whole movie is basically a series of montages and like lit, the cutest, cutest kids ever. Like they're, they are like, 1994 must've been like the peak year for cute kids because <laughs> every child in this movie is just adorable. And Christopher Lloyd is there. And the guy that played Biff plays a cop. Yep. Who, it's funny because like they have a similar dynamic to Back to the Future, their characters. <laughs> And it's just incredible, man. I'm trying to think of who else is in this. Um, You got um, M. Emmett Walsh is in this. It's like the old dude who is in everything. I think he was in the Muppet movie. You got the lady who played Red in um, Orange is the New the New Black. And just, it's such a powerhouse of a movie. It is
1: i i loved it as a child um because it was just like fun kid hijinks it was like a whole camp that's just dry hijinks. that's all it is it's great
0: and also i'm pretty sure um christopher lloyd's love interest in this is the woman who places love interest in back to the future three the one in the wild west
1: oh i never saw that one
0: um it's pretty good and also fun fact they they filmed the second and third one continuously like they didn't take a break which is why if you ever watched the second movie to the end there is a built-in preview for the next film
1: oh like built in sounds pretty cutting edge at the time
0: it was also back to the future 2 some of those effects did not hold up
1: (laughs) i don't doubt it
0: a lot i like you can tell the ones where it's practical because it looks good and then when they cut to the digital ones it is just not great also another little tangent sorry I'll get to you in a second. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Dad. When they made Tron, which was a a Disney film, they used computer-generated effects, and they were not eligible for an Oscar that year, which they would have won because they did not consider computer-generated effects to be actual effects. Wow the Academy basically laughed it off and said, huh, that's not effects. And Tron didn't win any awards basically. They might've won like a costume or something, but like the ones they should have won, were just pooped right. on by. And
1: because they were, it was so good. So groundbreaking. Good.
0: And that's- the Academy really- can't handle
1: this. Um, I'd like to use Camp Nowhere to segue into a personal anecdote, if I may.
0: Oh, of course. Of course. Um,
1: by first asking, how was, um, say, 90s teen heartthrob Andrew Keegan in the film?
0: He, oh, he was like the biker boy, right? Like the bad yes. boy?
1: Yes, he was, but, he was a
0: he was, bad boy. He was like, he was real cool, but also like he was kind of sweet. Like he did, the, there was a little girl that couldn't sleep and he like made her a little necklace. And like, you know, he was a good boy. And at the end, he's like, I'm not going to drop out of school. I'm going to be responsible. And then he kisses a girl.
1: <gasps> That's sweet. Can you can you tell me uh, the name of this contact in my phone? If you can,
0: I can't see it, but I assume. Oh
1: my God, Andrew
0: Keegan! <laughs> Why are you friends with Andrew Keegan? Oh,
1: friends, no, sir, associates. <laughs> associates, and if I don't know if you know anything, uh, so, I know nothing about you. <laughs> I don't know if you know anything about Andrew Keegan since say 10 things I hate about you, but if you did know anything, you might know that some five years ago or six years ago, he, um, according to BuzzFeed, started a cult in Los Angeles, California.
0: Which you were in.
1: I was in Los Angeles, California at this time, and I worked with um, a hippy-dippy, a spirited young man who... After discussion about this cult, he said, You know, that actually sounds like I want to check it out. I and mean, he was the type of person who'd be really into it. It wasn't actually a cult, it was really like kind of like a new white girl temple, like a non denominational Buddhism for like beautiful young white people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my coworker quit his job at my company to go work for Andrew Keegan at the cult. And then I became their, like, uh, as-needed IT guy. There was a car that got broken into across the street, and so I helped them pull all the footage from their security cameras at the cult, at the temple. Um, I helped set up the Wi-Fi at Andrew Keegan's like, Airbnb. I did these random odd jobs for Andrew Keegan and his temple. Oh my God. God,
0: you're like the IT guy in What We Do in the Shadows. That's so crazy. <laughs> by, by and so the- he'd be- pay me with a check signed by Andrew
1: Keegan. I'm and like, if I weren't broke at the time, I'm like, I'm just going to keep this. Man, that's bananas. It was. Wow. And he had he had such a surprising sort of spiritual aura about him. He, like, <laughs> he really was good at sort of cult leader in quotation marks (laughs) he really like had this warm presence he's a beautiful man he's not especially tall uh perhaps only a couple inches taller than myself and um and he was kind of funny and like also joked about like it wasn't that he thought it was bullshit but he also sort of mocked people who were too into it i want to say don't hold me to that andrew keegan Huh. You were nice. If you need consulting, if you need IT consulting services, please. Let's
0: both move to the the ranch he the runs now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Venice Beach, California.
0: What's that movie? Um, with that Jewish guy, um, Mash. No, never mind. It's not important. Um, just one other thing I want to mention, then we can talk about real stuff. You know, the, the IT guy in What We Do in the Shadows was the IT guy for the movie. And he, they, <laughs> yes, his name was Stu Rutherford and that's the name they call him in the movie. And he literally was just the tech guy they had for the movie and he became like a main a character. central
1: character. By
0: happenstance. Because it was like a funny joke that they would just mention him. <laughs>
1: it's brilliant.
0: And like that, I lo- <laughs> so funny. Anyway, um, yeah. So, it's, I think it's time for your little Dern to pop out.
1: My little
0: Dern... My little Dern...
1: Was a 2001 made-for-television film called Within These Walls. And I think with my Dern TV films thus far, a couple really knockouts, really stellar films. We had The, the Siege at Ruby Ridge... We Two-parter, big, big Sunday, Saturday, Sunday special. Sunday, Monday special. Um, we had the baby dance, which I loved with her in Stockyard. And now we have Within These Walls. And, well, you know, the streak had to come to an end. Oh, no. Sooner or later. Oh. So this movie is... Okay, I'm going to give you a premise and nope. then you just tell me like what the plot of that movie, what would happen in that movie. Um nope. a nun was previously homeless and struggled and was brought uh out of despair by her love for a dog and thusly she began began an uh a program to allow women, incarcerated women, to own dogs. So three women in a women's prison get to, like, raise these dogs. Okay. And everything that follows is just, like, what's, like, almost a sickly sweet thing we could do with that. And it was just, there was nothing... It was just that idea, which is cool and good and based on the real life of uh, Sister Pauline. I'm sorry, sister. I do not recall your last name.
0: Man, I think Laura Dern as a nun it makes a lot of sense and I'm surprised it literally only ever happened one time.
1: Yeah, it does. It fits. It does. Um, she, she is face. She, she can nail the, the white savior.
0: Perfectly. Right on the head.
1: <laughs> um, Sister Pauline Quinn, rest in peace, she actually passed away earlier this year, was the actual nun that this is based on. So it's a true story and it's a beautiful story. This
0: All dogs go to heaven. Started
1: this uh, amazing program, but this movie is just so uninspired. It's like they took that fact and then they were like, how many Hallmark gift cards can we hang yeah. off of this fact?
0: Just out of curiosity, did they license the song I Wanna Be Your Dog by I- Iggy and the Stooges for this film? <laughs> just a
1: shot in the dark, I'm curious. No, the entire soundtrack was Three Dog Night, actually. That was close. Now that I recall, I don't think they licensed any
0: music for it's this. Just all like generic like play it was yeah, play. it was just like some, some string,
1: some school. some light piano, maybe like a little flute. Since a
0: little flute score talking about hallmark i used to work for hallmark um what hallmark the company the like is the parent company of crayola where i used to work i used to work at the crayola experience which is like a kid's place you can go and like see how crayons are made and do a bunch of weird stuff it's like five floors it's crazy and all of the music that played there was like weird like non-licensed just like a loop of like up up tempo like I don't want to say it's electric music, but it, like, wasn't instruments. It was just, like, weird noises, like, boop. Like, almost like like the music that plays when you turn on a Wii. Okay. Like, like more, like, music. more like, choppy and, like, happy, like, boom, 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 boom. Like,
1: uh. Is it, like, the Main Street Electric Parade um, electronic
0: I, piece I'd say at fast, Disneyland? I love that you're mentioning this, by the way. I'd say it's similar to that, but, like, not as... Creative.
1: Yeah, because that's that was yeah. me. My my sister and I, my parents had the vinyl, and we used to rock out to that all the time as young children.
0: Sick as hell. It's I so love, good. Love Disney. Anyway. I love that old Disney stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so listeners, vote vote now on who had the cooler job. <laughs> Nick <laughs> at Hallmark presents Crayola. Or Max at Andrew Keegan's New Age
0: Cult. <laughs> we'll be ta- we're, we're tallying live. Text the number <laughs> below. Fees may apply.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at my dumb notes for this dumb movie. Okay, so she brings these dogs, and one there's one cranky woman oh, in the no. prison. Oh. Who has a, a stern look? And that woman is none other than Ollie Ellen <laughs> Ellen
0: Burstyn.
1: Do you know who oh. Ellen Burstyn is, Nicholas?
0: Be like a classical actor.
1: Yes. Um. Per her Wikipedia page, she is known for her portrayal of complicated women in dramas.
0: Ah. Oh. That is what, the what second
1: a, sentence of her very lengthy Wikipedia page. What
0: a thing to be known for.
1: <laughs> that is. And uh, the one thing I know her well from would be the mother in The Exorcist. Ooh, ooh. Oh, and also the... Yes. Yes, Ellen Burstyn. And also the the mother, the the old woman in Requiem for a Dream, ooh, right around this time, hard. which was a, a wonderful portrayal. She is an amazing actress and Laura Dern. Hey.
0: Imagine going from that movie to this movie. (laughs) To this shit. For both of these people.
1: So here she is so she is like the troubled she is the quiet, um, like untrusting, mean prisoner, older woman. Who I don't know murdered someone or something. Who cares? Uh, she like and she feels so miscast because she's Ellen Burstyn, and so she always looks like she belongs in like a, a theatrical production. She's like you can't just like prisoner her up and be like, see, she's a heroin addict. It's like, You're not, she's not just prison her up. up. <laughs> yeah. um, so she does not want a dog. Laurie Dern gets three dogs to do this pilot program.
0: It's like steals them from families. (laughs) She, okay.
1: So there's like, for some reason, there's this one guy she needs to pay lots of cash to. And he's like a bookie from uncut gems, basically, (laughs) which I still, I missed. I was, I didn't give this movie all of my attention because frankly, it did not deserve it. Um, so I don't quite know what the specifics was, but she was trying to get this program. She has to like beg the, the lady warden, um, for this opportunity. And she's like, okay, you can do like three dogs. Three inmates will get to like raise the dogs and train them and learn stuff about dogs. And Ellen Burstyn doesn't want one because she's like a cold, emotionless, heartless heroin addict. And Laura Dern's like, you sure? And she's like, no. Like She's, you know, and like, you already know. So now what's going to happen, Nick?
0: Um, she's definitely going to give Ellen Burstyn a dog. Yes. And Ellen Burstyn is going to change dramatically and be this like open, sensitive person and maybe have like a real heart to heart with none Laura Dern. Yes. None other than Laura Dern. <laughs>
1: Bar none, Laura Dern.
0: Yes, you are
1: absolutely correct. And what if I told you there was uh, a young Latina woman in prison with a dog who also killed some people? Killed multiple people? They kind of gloss over it.
0: And we find out that this young Latina woman knows information that could free ellen Burstyn, but then the warden mysteriously has her killed out in the yard
1: no 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 the warden's good actually oh
0: okay i was it's, just
1: it doesn't there's no escape in it it's was just ha aha
0: uh-huh about that other prison movie you know the the, the last castle
1: movie. with james yeah. gandolfini is that the one you're talking about
0: yes Jake. i'm gonna watch sopranos as soon as we're done recording so oh, good
1: i'll watch the leftovers hbo good. for everyone we can all, watch or we can them. drop both of those and watch Enlightened. We could, or we couldn't. Okay, so no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this this puzzle. I'm gonna elaborate a little more. Young Latino woman, heart of gold, but also she murdered people, and yeah. we like her, and she's a, a sweet young woman. And her boyfriend, uh, Tito comes to visit her in prison and she's talking about how she wants a real job she she can be a dog trainer when she gets out and tito's like nah you're gonna sell drugs for me oh um what what happens then
0: um does laura dern slap the boyfriend around
1: nope um, no, remember this 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 woman has a dog that she's been training and oh, bonding with.
0: She she, she she gets the dog to kill her boyfriend. <laughs> the
1: dog bites the dog bites the boyfriend Good. and protects its owner. Good. Um and Good. then presumably she gets out of prison uh, and becomes a dog trainer, maybe.
0: Cool. Um she becomes female Cesar Chavez. Wait, not the right <laughs> who's the dog whisperer what's his name
1: <laughs> Caesar milan
0: that's it <laughs> famous workers rights activist and dog trainer Caesar chavez
1: did you know in california you get off for it's a state holiday Caesar oh, yeah, song, Sha- chavez day <laughs> you get March 31st
0: you get to come on
1: Caesar. si se puede and then obama like co-opted that phrase for his bullshit neoliberalism but that's another podcast
0: Caesar
1: shot. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, um, we do learn a little bit about Dern's backstory because she seems all sweet and Dernish, but she's like, "I know trouble." Ellen Burstyn, you think I don't understand you? Because you're like a mean, like heroin addict prisoner. Wait, 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 she's wait, wait, wait. like,
0: "Wait, wait, wait. What? No, sorry, finish that, then I'll say something. Never mind."
1: Um, Laura Dern's character was um, knocked up in high school. She was homeless. And saved by a dog, as previously discussed, she poured lye on her arms, which I didn't realize, like, rather than cutting, would be, like, to pour lye on your arms to give yourself chemical burns, which ooh, seems intense.
0: A pretty fight club. Pretty fight club move.
1: <laughs> so she, she Lord has a daughter um, who she meets at one point, and the daughter doesn't want her to write to her, which is sad um and the dog gets poisoned
0: oh no but then the
1: dog lives
0: oh yeah
1: and then so then they need to so because the dog like bit tito they're now the program's in jeopardy because someone filed a complaint and the prison board here heard about it. And the sympathetic warden was like keeping this program from them, but now it got out and the program's on the chopping block. And so Laura Dern and her three, uh, incarcerated women with dogs, like train the dogs to do fun stuff to justify their need. Um, because dogs aren't important unless they are efficient
0: workers. And they bite drug dealers.
1: Yeah, they bite drug dealers. And so they train one of the dogs to um, open, open the washing machine. And there's like a, a disabled man who's like, the, oh, the goal is to like train them to give them away. And the disabled man's like, he'll make it so much easier for me to do my laundry. And the dog like opens the washing machine. And when they're practicing, it's the one... You'd think this movie would be filled with cute dog moments. It isn't. There uh, really isn't. Like, you don't see the dogs very often. They're just kind of there. But the one super cute moment is they're training the dog to do this, and it opens, it opens the dryer and gets in, and then just, uh, like, puts its little sad head over the dryer. Like, it's in the dryer looking out. It's got floppy ears hanging out of the dryer. Uh, and that's the best, that is the, the one moment I liked in this movie. Yeah. The rest is just like, okay, and then the dogs are gone and everyone's sad because the program gets to stay, but they the dogs are gone that they like fell in love with, which is sad. But then Darren brings them, are you ready for your new recruits? And then they get more dogs, yay! Oh.
0: Oh, it wasn't it. good. I bet that dog is terrible at doing laundry, though. Like, it mixes whites and reds. <laughs> all this poor handicapped man's, like, white polos that he has to wear to his job are pink now. Mm-hmm. And his boss fired him.
1: Tails <laughs> all this time.
0: Those co-workers spit on him. <laughs> Not because he's
1: disabled. Not because he's disabled. He's
0: the dog in pink shirts. <laughs> Dumb dog boy. Peep, peep.
1: Um So, what did I learn about Dern that learn about her? Nothing Not... <laughs> her. like that's is it is it okay if I, I just didn't learn shit about her I mean, yeah, who cares? I already that. forgot
0: Program that should have been there anyway.
1: yeah. these people shouldn't be locked up forever, no matter what. Oh, but like I will use this time to talk briefly about. Sister Pauline Quinn herself. Nick thought I was going to say something stupid, but I'm going to say nice things about this woman.
0: I don't know why. I thought you were going to say something about Israel, (laughs) like the Israel-Palestine conflict, and it was going to be bad. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to? That's the
1: one line I draw. Some things (laughs) I keep to myself. Um, Sister Pauline, R.I.P. Who started this program? She did like so much more. Wait, let me find that obit I read because it was just like a bullet point of, oh, this woman should be a saint.
0: Nah, she didn't do miracles, though. You need them miracles.
1: Well, they, they just, they tack that on. That it's all politics, you know. Um, so this is 1981. She started the Prison Pet Partnership. Aww. Um, she helped refugees at a Salvation Army house in Rome. She gave talks around the world. She founded Pathways to Hope and later Bridges and Pathways of Courage. Apparently they expanded, uh, which encompasses many projects. I guess I don't actually know what those are. She volunteered in Rome. She arranged medical care and transportation for the victims of the Bosnian and Gulf Wars, as well as assisting refugees from Angola, Ethiopia, and Somalia. She went to Haiti after the 2010 earthquake to help. And uh she sounds like a completely wonderful amazing person and she will be missed.
0: She really does. Good for her.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry that like I hope she is remembered. I'm sorry that this movie did not do her justice
0: cuz it was tragic. had to portray her. Yeah.
1: You deserve a better film. You like your own Dead Man Walking, Dead Dog Walking.
0: Oof, Yark.
1: <laughs> have you seen Dead Dead Man Walking, Nick?
0: I've heard of it. I've not seen it though. If you want to
1: see a movie about a nun and a prisoner,
0: ooh, it doesn't My get
1: any better than *Dead Man Walking*.
0: Good cop, bad cop, the nun and the prisoner, <laughs> the nun
1: and the prison. It's where we get the line, "The truth shall set you free." It's also uh, really
0: good. Something I just remembered that I forgot to mention: I'm um, Andrew Keegan.
1: Sure, there was teen a heartthrob scene. slash cult leader. Yes.
0: There's a scene in the movie where he tries to buy a shopping cart full of beer, and the cashier says, you aren't 18, you can't buy this. And it, and it reminded me that not that long ago in America, the drinking age was 18, and that's bananas. But
1: longer ago than that, I'm pretty sure.
0: It was pretty It wasn't recent.
1: 18 in like 1996 or whatever.
0: Drinking age in 90s maybe
1: certain states yeah it might have been a state thing
0: um i think it might have been i don't know there's some maps.
1: i'm looking at state maps
0: i mean the only the oh wait the only states no there were a few wait
1: there were a few in colorado
0: wait is they in Mississippi? Like a of, there's a lot of mixed-aged ones, too. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really matter.
1: What's going on, South Dakota? Why is it 18 and 21?
0: That's the one I was confused about. But, you know, maybe it's like for different things. Who, who knows? Honestly, <laughs> I
1: mean, there's, it's probably, yes, for different things.
0: It is for different things. You got different rules for different... Minimum age done. is
1: both 18 and 21, inclusive of all
0: teenagers slash
1: adolescents
0: baby so uh you want to know what you're watching next week i do well it's your turn for the big dern okay and uh you're gonna be watching a movie called cold pursuit one of her most recent um is it like a a thriller i don't know i forgot to do some research so i'm just gonna google it right now pursuit movie Called Pursuit. It's a movie. um It's from 2019. It is a action thriller. It's a
1: Liam Neeson action thriller. Why is she in this? I
0: yes, can't wait. it is I am excited for you, and I get to watch a short movie called Nine Kisses.
1: <laughs> Nine kisses. That's a strange number.
0: A bunch of smooches. One could call it making out. Yeah. From 2014, I guess.
1: We're necking.
0: Oh, she plays woman on a beach, so this is going to be exciting for me. That'll be relevant. Um, It looks like... um, The 2014th most prominent actors pair up in a series of intimate encounters. I don't know. That's got to be
1: 2014's most prominent
0: actors. It says two, so 2014th most prominent
1: the 2014th most. Is that where Laura Jern was ranking back then? I, I mean... She's definitely moved up the charts.
0: I was going to say, she has to be Double digits? I, I couldn't even name 2014 actors. I'll I'll try right now. Eddie Murphy, Rosario Dawson.
1: Tom Berenger. That's
0: all I got. Um, I guess Alex Trebek is technically an actor.
1: Humphrey Bogart.
0: That guy. Um,
1: Sally Jesse Raphael,
0: Don Wayne, Salt and Pepper—that's two. Weird Al—he oh. was. In movies. Weird
1: Al was. Um, you've got uh, Marilyn Monroe.
0: You know, <laughs> I'm sure our listeners love this, but maybe we should just make a bonus episode of us listening. Mae West, <laughs> Jane Mansfield, who's buried less than a mile from where I am sitting right now.
1: Audrey Hepburn.
0: She is buried many miles from where I'm sitting right now.
1: We're gonna do this. We're gonna okay. do a Max and okay. Nick name. No, it'll be its own thing. We'll do I, Max and Nick. try to those, name one thousand actors. Special. I have
0: one of those like gigantic old tiny gas station counter things that it just like clicks. It's a big. Matter. I have like
1: a little one, like a.
0: You know, what does yours go? Nine thousand nine hundred
1: ninety-nine.
0: I think mine goes to like ninety-nine million. So on. That's gonna be hard. Yeah, but you know, maybe we'll use your little one. We'll see. We'll do this. Corey thing. Feldman. Ugh, oh, don't even get me started. I was in a movie with him. No, you are Yes, I was. I was an extra in a movie that filmed at the Hotel of Horror, a haunted house I worked at, <sighs> and he was in that movie, and I was I did not I didn't get to meet him, unfortunately, but I did hear that they caught him doing Coke in the bathroom, so
1: caught? Or, or like what, yeah.
0: What but, I heard, like, they went into the bathroom and he, like, made a big scene with the fact that he was doing Coke and they caught him Oh, doing coke. Corey. Yeah, he's an interesting fella. Apparently, he fle- fled the country recently. Oh. Because he's He's been convinced that people are trying to kill him lately because he's trying to put out this documentary about um, sexual abuse in Hollywood. I mean, is-
1: I'd, like, kind of believe it.
0: Yeah, but I think he's, like, a but little. He's also too.
1: maybe. Just losing it a bit. Yeah.
0: And I think he left the country and then because of COVID, he wasn't allowed back. Mm. And he might still just be abroad somewhere. I don't know. Corey Feldman, if you're listening, please let us know you're okay. We we care about you.
1: Stay safe, Corey.
0: Stay safe, Corey. That's our message today. If you're Corey Feldman, take it easy.
1: Bye, everyone.
0: Bye. Oh